Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 335 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Oh, back in the saddle, folks. How are you guys doing? It seems like it's been months since I talked to you. Yes, fresh off my stint in the Sin City out in the desert, Las Vegas. Uh, we're back. Unfortunately, I don't have any giant novelty checks in my back pocket, so I've got to go back to singing for my supper. But uh, it was a good time, and I'm going to tell you all about it. Oh, I'm sure you're just thrilled. Hey, pull up. Let's watch some family slideshow. Um, to talk about that. Um, oh, some preseason shenanigans and people already crying. Season hasn't even started yet. We're already crying. I'm not even going to talk about the Blue Jays. What scoring what one run and two playoff what really showed up there in the clutch and game in the in the uh, game two here yeah we're gonna get just shut out yeah oh here yeah another season of the Jays anyway that and I won't even talk about how they messed up my six hundred dollar parlay in Vegas but uh, oh yeah actually we probably will talk about it I'll rant about that in a couple minutes but uh, yeah I'll talk about Vegas we'll talk about uh, some preseason shenanigans uh, then. We're going to have the top, Bob Probert's all-time top 10 fights. Yes. According to uh, what, well, I'll find, I, I have it saved him or minimized in my browser here. What, uh, what, what, what site is it now? Uh, the Detroit Sports Nation. And this was in uh, November 20th, 2021. Top 10 Bob Probert fights of all time. All right, so we'll we'll do that. That'll be interesting, and uh, yeah, yeah. So sit back, folks. Let me regale you with some audio pleasure. Uh, so, as I always say, kick back with your cheese sandwich in your cubicle, close your eyes, and watch the sights and the sounds as they fly through the air. All right, we'll be going from left to right on your radio dial. We ready? Okay. 
Here we go. Um, it's, it seems like, like I said, like I said, it seems like forever since I, uh, I have done this. Um, I can't remember if I said it on the air or not. I know I mentioned it to a few people, but so I'm going to act like I said it on the air, but if not, uh, just go with me on this. Um, I know when I, well, my last episode, first of all, 334 was my interview with Jonathan Aiken. Of course, that was uploaded while I was in Las Vegas. Um, I hope you guys checked it out. Jonathan was a great guy. Uh, fun to talk to, an old 90s dub guy, so you know I got a soft spot for those cats. And uh, especially 90s WHL, it's like my wheelhouse time for as being a fight fan was the 90s for sure. So fun guy to talk to. I hope you checked it out. Um, but before, uh, I was going to, on the Sunday... Put out an episode. I was since it was oh Shorzy was season two of Shorzy was coming out. Morasti had just come off a of spit and chiglets. It was Morasti mania. He was the number one guy looked up on Hockey DB. The whole deal. Well, I was going to re-upload my John Morasti interview that I did way back when on my original FourthLineVoice.com platform. So I went back and found the old audio file and listened to it. Was the sound was not good. Um, I mean, you could hear him, but he was clearly on a Bluetooth and he was driving. And it was a little faint. I mean, I had headphones on. And I was having trouble. So I can imagine if you had it through your phone or through your car. Um, again, you could hear everything he was saying. It wasn't like, what? You know, like you could understand him. But it was just like, I just wasn't a fan of the audio. And um, which is odd for me to say because I've never, not that I've been a real stickler about it before. But, um, you know, put it this way. If I had a guest on and that was going on now, I would, I would know, I would know enough to stop it and either have them find a better place for their, cause everything's on. So we've all had cell phone conversations, right? When you're talking to somebody and it's what you're breaking up, <laughs> you know, are you in a tunnel? That shit, right? Well, sometimes that happens when you have guests and they're walking around cause it's hard, you know, they're going to sit there for two hours, you know, in a chair, you know, so they're going to walk around or they have earphones or whatever, you know? So sometimes it goes in and out, whatever. I think it did that a couple times with actually with Aiken's thing. And some guys have done it while they're driving through the Bluetooth. Sometimes the sound is fine. Other times it's a little, little sketch. But, um, you know, you try to work around it. I would have paused it, worked with them a little bit or whatever. Um, point being, I don't think I would have let this interview. I would have told you I had a better time because the sound wasn't good or whatever. But at the time I was, I was just a, just a youngster breaking in and, uh, you know, and you had deadlines and I wanted to get it out there. So again, it's not terrible. But I went and looked, and it's actually episode two. Well, I originally was on fourth when I was on my own. I wasn't on the network on my own show, fourthlinevoice.com. I had my own site. Well, I was about forty some episodes in, and it got hacked, and I lost all the stuff. So I figured at that point, I'm giving you a brief history here, that my podcasting career was done, and that was it, and you know whatever. Uh, I'm sure the eight people were going to be devastated that I wasn't doing a show anymore. Um, and then it was a couple months later, Isha from the Hockey Podcast Network reached out and said, Hey, do you want to come on our platform? All you got to do is send us the audio files. We'll do the rest. Well, goddamn, that's all I needed to hear. And away we go, 335 episodes later. Um, but my point was, um, of course, when my site got hacked, all those, uh, episodes were gone. Like they couldn't access them anywhere on the internet. They were gone. And I wanted, the solo episodes that I had done at the time, I didn't give a shit, but I wanted to get the player interviews that I had done back up on, because it was, I had good player interviews. It was like Morasti and Wingfeld and, uh, I want to say Steve McIntyre. I mean, Joey Tedarenko. I had a bunch of good ones. And I definitely wanted, and they took the time to talk to me and I wanted to get them back out there. 
So what I was doing is much like Lazito is doing right now. I kind of did a from the vault. So Sunday I would do a vault episode where basically it would be a new intro, but then I'd upload the old the old interview to get it on the back out on the internet. And then Wednesday would be my new show. Um, of course, you know, uh, as that the vault ran its course and I got all the interviews back up, I just sort of kept going Sunday and Wednesday, but Sunday became new content. So anyway, to make a long story longer, um, if you want to listen to the Morassi interview, it is actually episode two of this show. So you got a lot, you're going to get carpal tunnel scrolling down here from episode 335 down to episode two. But, uh, and again, it's an older interview, but it's, it's about his career. So it's evergreen, right? It's not like that changed. So, and John's always a good interview, gives good answers and stuff. So, uh, I would, you know, again, the audio's eh, but yeah, I mean, you can understand, you can hear him and shit and it's, you know, whatever. It's a good interview. So I encourage you. But I've actually, I talked to John about a month ago through text and he always is like, yeah, if you ever need anything, let me know and I'll come on. So I think I'll do a five, and we don't need to rehash his whole career again, but um, I think we'll do a five toughest opponents and obviously talk about Shorzy and, uh, and actually at Ice Wars, you know, he's a big part of Ice Wars uh, behind the scenes. So kind of get an update on what's going on there. I know I've had a few people ask me like, hey, what's going on with Ice Wars and when's the next one? And um, I'm not quite sure. I, I don't know if the owner... Um, I, there, it's not a financial, I believe it's a health, I, you know, I, whatever, I don't want to get into all of that. Um, but it's not like it's gone away or they went bankrupt or folded. It's just, it's in a holding pattern right now. And, uh, but I'd like to talk to John about that and whether, where, uh, the, the plan for ice wars is to go ahead and, and what they plan on doing. So I'd like to talk to him about that because I don't think anybody else has actually talked to him. I don't think it came up on the spit and chiclets interview or anything. So, um, but anyway, that's kind of what's going on. So, um, yeah, anyway, I was going, so I didn't upload the episode, obviously, so anyway, the only episode I did while I was, not that I was gone for that long, was I gone for six days, but, uh, was the Aiken interview, which I hope you guys checked out, but, uh, anyway, um, well, before we get into that, obviously, my, uh, compatriots were still rolling at the Hockey Podcast Network while I was gone, um, and, of course, uh, Alec over there at the Five for Fighting Podcast had a really cool guest on, he had Luke Gazdick on. Uh, good, good interview. They talk about fights. Uh, you can tell in the, yeah, Gazdick's really enthusiastic, as a fight guy, he's enthusiastic about talking about them. Um, really technically breaks shit down and what he was thinking and, and going into the fights. And, ah, it's a cool interview. Plus, Gazdick does his own podcast. So, I mean, he knows the, he knows the game. He knows how to talk. He knows what to do. And, um, yeah, good interview. Definitely check it out. Uh, you know, always cool. Um, I know he's a new guy, a current, well, he's not a current guy, but newer. But, um, I, I actually have a, a couple months back did a player spotlight on Luke Gazdick and went down that rabbit hole and, uh, and was really impressed. I mean, I always liked Gazdick, but when, like, when you do kind of the player thing and you go down and, you know, sit for an hour and a half or whatever down the rabbit hole and really kind of watch the progression and, you know, watch his junior stuff and his American League stuff and, and then the NHL and you, and you really get a feel for a guy. It's like, you know, um, he, he's a bad dude, man. And Pat punched with bad intentions and I was a big Gazdick guy. And, uh, so it was really cool for, uh, for Alec to get him on the show and, uh, they did a great job. So I encourage you to check out that, check out that episode, the Five for Fighting podcast. And Alec has a great back catalog as well. And, uh, yeah, so definitely check that out. And then, of course, we got the Coliseum Chronicles with Jolton Joel Lazito. And, uh, he is, uh, re-upped, as I said, kind of with like my Morasti stuff. Um, he has uploaded Mick Fakota part two from the lost episodes. And again, I, and I've said this, I've said it 
a million times already, and I'll it, I'll say it every other time. Uh, I don't know how many parts the I think it's three or four the Vakoda thing uh, interview, but I have said it in terms of player documentary slash podcast interview. Joe's Mick Vakoda interview is probably the best podcast interview ever done in terms of like a guy's career, the stories, the background. Vakoda is a great storyteller. Even if you're like, oh, body slam, I never liked them. And what, nah, shut up. Believe me. If, if you listen to it, you'll like Fakota by the end of the interview. Um, again, good, you know, just a real good storyteller. And him and Lazito have a really good rapport. So the back and forth is really good. It's not clunky. And, um, yeah, no, definitely check it out. And like I said, when, when Joe talks to these guys, it's, it's different. It's like, cause Joe knows, like a lot of these guys, Joe has a personal, like he's met them before and back in the day and whatever. And it's not like it's a stranger just phoning a guy up out of the blue, like me and Aiken or something, you know. Um, there's a, been a rapport there for a bunch of years. So, um, and you can hear it in the interview. And uh, it, I encourage, honestly, I encourage you to check it out. It's really good. But, uh, and if you're on the YouTubes, again, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, I have over 2,000 fight videos. Please subscribe to the channel. If you watch a fight that you like, hit the thumbs up button. I don't know, I, I always sound so corny, it feels so corny saying that, but YouTube loves that shit, it helps in the algorithms and stuff, and you'd be doing me a big favor, or any YouTube channel if you enjoy their content, honestly, subscribe to the channel, hit the thumbs up on the video, I myself have been trying to do that a lot lately when I'm watching, because I always, I watch tons of YouTube videos, not fights, but just, like, well, fights as well, but like everything, and I've been really trying to, okay, right, right, hit that, because I never did before, hit the thumbs up button because again, it helps the creator out. And, uh, you know, for people, I, and again, whenever I say this to do a rating, if you're listening to iTunes, Spotify, rate the episode or rate the podcast, the star rating. Um, again, it's to help out the creators, uh, for the, it helps in the algorithm. So if you guys could do that again, I'm not just saying it, Oh, do it for me and only me, everybody, every podcast you enjoy, believe me, the creator would appreciate you hitting the star ratings. So, same thing on YouTube. If you enjoy a video, hit the thumbs up. People people appreciate it. Um, but not only my channel, but of course Alec, the Five for Fighting YouTube channel. He's got all the East Coast League fights up there. And Jay, don't fuck with my premiums out in Iowa. Pops, Mike, control them. You got to dial that down. Easy, big fella. Actually, I don't blame him for being hot at all. Some someday, folks, I'll have Jay from Iowa on the show, and you guys will understand what I'm talking about. But for right now, there are three people that understand. There are three people in this world that understand what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, D, as in the letter D, skunk like the animal. Go to D Skunk on YouTube. He has all the Southern Pro League fights from last year, as well as he's been doing it for over a decade. So he's got some old IHL stuff. He's got Jonathan the Hammer Tremblay when he was in the UHL with Quad Cities. He's got Mer- oh, he's got McIntyre. He's got a bunch of Quad City AHL fights. Good shit on there. Go way back. So definitely check out his channel. So, uh, but folks, let's get into this, shall we? What were we talking about? Oh, my Vegas trip. Well, I'm sure everybody wants to hear about this, but... You know, I'm not going to go on about. I'm not going to go on long about it. Yeah. How about this? I'll I'll make it short and and brief. Uh huh. Well, first of all, I be, basically I think I could call this my week on the internet, but it's just like my week in real life. Oh, the amount of dummies 
that I ran into. Um, well, first of all, I love Las Vegas. We go all the time. We go every February. But uh, we met September was going in September was different for us uh, this time. Um, my wife had a bunch of extra earned days off that she had to use before the calendar year was up. I have about eight billion vacation hours, so I can go whenever. Um, so, and we had uh, we had a bunch of comp rooms and shit. So it was like, yeah, you know what? Why not? Wait, check out Vegas at a different time of year. We had never, again, we had never been down there in September. Uh, so we went down. The pools are still open because normally we go in February. The pools aren't open. So it, it's air quote winter down there, although I'm walking around in shorts. But, but no, we got down there uh, this year. It was warm. It was in the mid 30s. Uh, it was kind of the one shitty day where it was like 20. But, uh, you know, thir- well, 90s for you American folks. But yes, it was in the 30s for us Canadians. Um, so yeah, we spent the morning down by the pool again, cause we had never done the pool thing in Vegas before. So, uh, my fatness and whiteness was out at the pool getting some sun, uh, managed to, I got red, but not, didn't get burned. I got burned ish, but, uh, nothing too bad. Was it Mexico? Um, had fun doing that. Then, uh, went bombing around. Um, I, okay. Well, before all that, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. First of all, when I'm, we're flying. I always marvel at this because it happens every time. You know, they call your fall oh, flight from Saskatoon to Las Vegas is now boarding. Zone one passengers, please come to the line up. So that's us. We're zone one because, you know, I, I'm, I, have, I, have the, I have the Hockey Podcast Network credit card. So, I'm hey, I fly first class. What are the poor? I wonder what the poor people are doing. You know, so I, I got that kind of scratch when you have a big podcast like this. <laughs> no, but we happen to be at the front of the plane. Um, so, okay. Well, I know there's only like, I think there's like five, in, in air quotes, first class, but premium seats, there's like 10 seats. So there should be 10 of us standing up here, plus like that, a couple people, maybe a couple people in a wheelchair, you know, and maybe some, a little kid or two, you know, that, that's the extent of who should be up here boarding right now, as they've called. Oh, half the airport's in front of me. I'm like, you know, not that I'm like, I'm important. Let me go. But it's just like dumb shits. They said zone one, you're in like zone F. Why are you standing here? The plane's not going to leave without you. So get the fuck out of the way while the they go in order, zone one, zone two, blah, blah, as these people, literally the, the man and woman in front of me, they get, they get up to the ticket person and they, they, she looks at him and she's just like, she goes, you're in like zone three. Can you move? We'll call you when we're ready. While we're here now that she's just like, move. So they got out of the way. I'm just like, what? Why are people, and there's like a bunch of people standing around by the gate, like the plane ain't leaving without you, like it's not, like what are we doing? Just listen. I said, those people that come up, they should be banned from flying, like or kicked off the flight. It's like, no, you're you're dumb, you can't even listen to a simple instruction, so you're out. You know, you have no vacation for you, it's like the soup Nazi, right? No soup for you, no vacation for you. Ah. So anyway, get on the plane. Uh, yeah, off we go. No, actually, we were early both going and coming and going, so that was nice. Um, well, and here's a tip for you guys. Pro tip, folks. If you, if you don't have one and you're going to, and you're a big, and like when you vacation, you like rent cars and shit. Um, wherever you have, if you do, if you're not, 
if you're not brand loyal or whatever, or I guess they probably all have cards, but whatever. We always go to budget. Um, get the budget fast break, the pre, the, the card. Doesn't cost anything, but you sign up. So when you book your car, all that shit's done online, obviously. Cause when we landed, then when you land in Vegas, you gotta take the, the car rental tram over to the car rental deal. We get there. You're towing your bags. It's hot out. Okay. You flew, you flew. Ah, it's only a two and a half hour flight, but still, you've been on the plane. You just want, here we, we, you're in Vegas. You want to get going, right? Well, we roll into the, into the airport and we look at the car rental places. They're jammed. Like budget had to have had 15 people standing in line waiting for cars. Hey, we, we have the, the, the fast pass thing we've had for a bunch of years. It's straight out to the car thing. Go over to the budget booth. Hey, we're here. Let you know. Your name's up on a big scoreboard. Oh, yeah, your SUV's waiting over an F10. Off we go. There, it's sitting there. Throw the bags in. We're gone. Two minutes after arriving in the airport shuttle, the car rental shuttle, we're out, we're out on the Vegas Strip already. So, meanwhile, everyone else is still standing in line at the budget counter. So, get your fast break. Like I said, it doesn't cost anything. Do that. I'm sure National has a card. They all probably have advanced speed cards or whatever they're, you know, whatever. Uh, well, I know Putty does the National commercial where he just walks through the thing and hops in the car and leaves. That's the cat's ass, folks. There you go. That's a pro tip for you. I would definitely do that. Um, it's well worth it. So, yeah. So we had that. And we were bombing then. And, uh, of course, first thing you got to do, everybody laughs at me, but hey, got to hit the Walmart because you need some room food, need some room booze. So yeah, I picked up my Rolling Rocks and, uh, you know, we, we had some spray cheese, some, uh, you know, all that fun stuff. You gotta have some beef jerky, you know, uh, a banana in the morning, you know, calm the guts, but, uh, a couple energy drinks and, uh, we were ready to rock and roll. So yeah, hit the, hit the, hit Vegas running and, uh, yeah, I got up, got up a few bucks the first night and, uh, first couple days I did okay. I, not the thousands or anything, but, I basically sat there, drank my weight in beer, and uh, played video poker, and uh, probably up about three or four hundred uh, for the first couple of days, and managed to give that back. But um, no, had some good, had some good meals, and uh, just the wife enjoyed the shopping. You know, I would go around hit the Ross stores, whatever, hit a couple malls and shit, and she got some cheap clothes and whatever. Like I said, I'm on. I'm just happy I'm not at work, so I don't give a shit. You wouldn't catch me dead in the mall here for more than ten minutes in Saskatoon, but. Down when we're on this, down in the States, ah, shit, I don't care. You know, whatever. I'm on vacation. And, uh, plus just people watching in Las Vegas is just, just amusing anyway. So, uh, yeah, had some interesting conversations. I mean, it's funny when you tell people you're from Canada. I may as well say I'm from fucking Mars. They look at me like I'm a space alien. And I'm like, you know, we share land mass, right? Like, how do you not know? How do you not know anything about Canada? I don't understand it. Like, I'm not saying you got to know every goddamn capital city and every, you know, premier of each province and stuff. But, I mean, holy, can you not, you not know their provinces? Like, I can name you every state if I had to, you know. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. Um, but, yeah, I may as well have been from, well, I was going to say a foreign, I guess I am from a foreign country. But it's like, it's North America. Like, come on, you know. But, uh Anyway. I had some, yeah, y'all, y'all come through the snow? No, it hasn't snowed yet. Like, no, like, uh, anyway. I had one lady, you all, I knew you weren't from here. Y'all sound funny. I'm like, I'm the one that sounds funny in this conversation. All right. (laughs) 
Uh, yes, but we had fun. Actually, didn't have any problems. Everyone was really cool. Um, the, we stayed at the, if you're asking, if for those that didn't ask, I'm going to tell you anyway, we stayed at the Orleans. It's about five minutes off the strip. It's a locals place. It's a casino and everything, but it's a locals place. It's actually where the Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Wranglers minor league team used to play at the arena there. Um, yeah, I mean, we like it. It's, I mean, it's not the, you know, friggin' Bellagio or Wynn or anything. I mean, it's a locals place, but we got free rooms and, uh, I should have comped us all the nights. So that was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We do. I'm a locals guy anyway. I'm a blue collar guy. I'm not, I'm not wearing suit and tie when I'm in Vegas. It's flip flops and sh- shorts, right? So yeah, I, I fit in with the locals drinking my, my dollar Miller lights. So I, I was good, but, uh, no, oh, and I will say that the American, the Henderson Silver Knights, the American Hockey League team, uh, their arena in Henderson, which is a suburb of Las Vegas, um, it, it's really nice. Uh, you know, we spent some time in Henderson. Uh, Anthony, I hope you're listening out there. I hope you're doing well. I should have told you we were in town, actually. Um, really nice. Henderson's really cool. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just a fun trip. Um, I will say Vegas right now, of course, they have the big F1 race that's happening on the strip in November. And what a gong show. I mean, they cut down all the trees in front of the fountain. It's just, what are you doing? Uh, they think this is going to generate billions of dollars. I can't, I don't see why they were, to me, they're just, I don't know what they're doing with this F1 bullshit, but, uh, there's construction everywhere. And we actually, we stayed the hell off the strip. I'm not a big strip guy anyway. We went to Fremont Street and shit and then went to like Outliers, Silverton, South Point. People at No Vegas know what I'm talking about. Uh, Red Rock, Green Valley. We did those play. I didn't want anything to do with the strip. We've been going to Vegas for over a decade. I've done the strip a million times. I don't need to see it that bad. Plus, we're probably going back in February anyway when the race is over in November, whatever. Then I'll go back to the strip. Um, I, the only thing I missed out on was Ellis Island, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, they're built that bleachers on the strip and blah, blah. Oh, it's what a nightmare. I feel sorry for the people that live there, but, uh, yeah, crazy times down there. But anyway, let's get on with it. I'm sure everyone really gives a shit about my, my Las Vegas journey and what's going on, but I just, I thought I would share what's happening in the life of Darren here. Um, but it was fun to get away. I needed the time off. Um, I'm sure everyone listening needs a vacation. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, much needed break from work and, uh, oh, I'll tell you these last couple of going back to work. Oof. These first couple of days have been long. I can tell you. Yeah. And it's just, oh, well, my feelings did pretty good. So, uh, that it was nice to not come back to a complete disaster. So, uh, yeah. And, oh, and I've had actually a couple of people cause I did talk about, uh, the supervisor position that I was applying for. Uh, they have actually not made a decision yet. So no, I have not heard. So, you know, so, you know, but, uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, there's kind of a part of me that's, uh, yeah, I don't know if I really want that anyway, but, uh, no, they have not made a decision. So thank you for those that asked, but nothing yet. Um, yeah. Well, we should probably do some sponsorship stuff and then we'll get into the meat of the matter, shall we? And now here's a word from our sponsor. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code 
THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.sot1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resorts in Kansas City, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right. Well, as I said at the at the start of the show, uh, some preseason shenanigans. Uh, a few things crossed my timeline um, that I was made aware of, and then I I, I looked in deeper on a couple of the on the things. Um, well, the first one I'll start with one of the fights, and who I'm a fan of, Jake Doty and Josh Brown. Uh, rumbled in, I believe the game was in Australia, was it not? The LA Phoenix game or Arizona, whatever. Um, and Doty and, uh, and, and Brown had a really good battle. Um, yeah, I've been a fan of Jake Doty since he played in the, in the Western Hockey League. Uh, it was brought to my attention. Big kid played Medicine Hat. Um, you know, uh, in Seattle. Uh, yeah. And he, It'll be really interesting. I know he's already been let go by LA down to Ontario, whatever, at the rain. But um, I'd like, I, you know, he should definitely be one of the, the the better, tougher guys in the American League this year. I believe last year he got injured. He didn't play very much last year. Um, and he's been kind of, uh, when he does play, he, you know, uh, he's put up some fight numbers. I know he was over in the in the UK for about a season and a half, two years. Um I know the first year he had a pretty strong season over there. I, I know the year he played Nottingham was sort of a kind of a waste of time, but uh, uh, did not a lot of fighting. Uh, I mean, obviously, good you know, save his hands. I'll give him that. Um, but yeah, he was back in the American League, and uh, last year I think he only played nine games or something. But uh, so hopefully he stays healthy and puts in a full season this year. I think we'll definitely see some uh, some pretty good tilts out of him. Um, Josh Brown, I don't know much about. Big guy, though. I mean, bigger than Doty. I think he's about six foot five. Uh, he did really well in the fight. Looked good. So, I mean, you know, um, again, one of those current guys I just don't pay much attention to. I mean, I've probably seen Josh Brown fights before, but nothing that sticks out in my mind. But nonetheless, uh, for preseason tilt, uh, pretty darn solid, I gotta say. You know, I mean, uh, I, I know I, I have a lot of old fuddy-duddies that listen to the show that I, I don't like current hockey. Hey, I'm right there with you, obviously, but um, I will watch current fights, uh, you know, because fighting's fighting, and uh, if it's a good one, I'll let you know. And this is a good one. And uh, I think if you went down the Jacob Doty rabbit hole, you would uh, you would enjoy his tilts. So I would highly recommend doing that. But the controversy, I just laughed at this as controversy. Um, Mark Stone. Oh, everybody. Oh, he's classless and all. Oh, yeah. Okay, so LA and Las Vegas are playing preseason game, of course. And Hayden Hodgson, uh, a young kid with LA, just trying to make the team. Uh, he has 
I think he's he's been a pro for about five or six years. He has six NHL games to his credit with Philadelphia. So he's battling for a spot and everything else. Well, uh, yeah, he basically runs over Mark Stone in the corner. And um, Stone doesn't like it. The Vegas doesn't like it. And they get up. And, of course, the scrum ensues. And nothing really happens. I mean, there is whatever. But everybody... I, I see all these people online crying, oh, the coin hit, and here we go. We have to have fights after. Nobody fought, but whatever. Um, and, and I even had, there was, like, former players. Oh, what's this problem? Quit being a pussy. It was a clean hit. Suck it up. You really, do you think that's why that was going on? Like, come on, boys. Like, what are we, are you serious? Like, has everybody bought into this after every hit there's a fight bullshit? Because go look at the, at, in the same breath, you'll say they don't fight anymore. Well, so then what is it? Like, I guess they don't really hit anymore. Well, they don't really hit anymore. I guess I'm answering my own question. But the numbers don't, I've said this at nauseum, and I guess I will, I'll be saying this all year because every time something happens, people bring this horse shit up. The numbers don't add up to what you're saying. You have teams with single digit fight totals on the year. How many times did you cry about the Leafs getting run over and nobody doing anything about it? Well, their answer is your question. I guess they don't fight after every hit. So stop with that. But I'm like, I don't know why I have to lay this out. And my my old friend there, Double H, Harrison Harper, on the project, his podcast, check that out. But he talked about this very uh, topic and he's a former player. And uh, yeah, he, yeah, he's exactly right. And it was exactly how I think. But it's just like, well, first of all, it's a preseason game. It's a nothing game for Stone and them. He's the captain of the team of the defending Stanley Cup champions. Gets run, and I'm not saying this to be uh, rude or whatever, but we'll call it what it is. Gets run over by a nobody, and you don't understand why the fuck Vegas responds the way they respond. Are we what? world are we living in here i don't give a shit if it was the, the hit was clean it was clean it was fine that's not the point when you're cap let alone as a, 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 a regular veteran player let alone your captain gets run over by fucking johnny elite prospect here that you have to go on hockey db to look up while the game's on who is this you know number you know 67 you know they got the those numbers um runs your captain over and you're all oh, suck it up are what what are you serious what now when you go back think back and a couple of guys that were crying about it were like former tough guys what did you do in your camps when you were there and in preseason games when you were trying out were you not running everybody too and trying to start shit like so, yeah, so Johnny Nobody runs over your captain. We should all just stand around and be, oh, okay. No. Hey, maybe that's why Vegas won the fucking cup, maybe. And maybe if Toronto, I can guarantee if Johnny Nobody runs over Austin Matthews, nobody on the ice, or the, unless Reeves is on the ice, no one's going to do anything for Toronto, and that's the difference. Maybe that's why one has a cup and the other one doesn't. Uh, yeah, it's even in the preseason. Yeah, your captain gets run over. Now, it would be different if Crosby or like Austin, well, Austin Matthews ain't going to hit him, but like, or do shit, or I don't know, who, who who's someone good in the league now? Um, uh, you know what I'm saying. 
Nathan McKinnon or McDavid or something had hit Stone. No, no, he wouldn't come flying in to fight him. But yeah, hockey DB number 78, who hits him? Yeah, you kind of have to go do something, you fucking morons. And I have all these people crying about Stone. Then after the game's done, they're asking Stone about it. He said, oh, the hit was fine. He's playing hard, but I probably won't ever see him again because he's not much of a player. Oh, he's so classless. Ah. I always laugh. These same people go on and on. What You know what the NHL needs? They need more personality. They Their players are boring. So you have Stone cut a promo on the guy. Well, there's some personality. Oh, then what do you do? You cry about that he did it. So what do you want? Oh, I get it. A player personality, it's only when they act like goofs, like the Storm Surge, or P.K. Subban and, and Austin Matthews wearing Gucci purses when they, and, uh, you know, high-heeled shoes when they come into the, come into the, uh, into the, at game day. Uh, you know, that, that's personality. But when a guy talks about actual, the game and like having a little bit of jam and, you know, not liking someone. Oh, you got to keep it classy though, Mark. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. He might've hurt little Hayden's feelings. Like, oh, like he's cutting a fucking wrestling promo with dumb shits, you know, but oh, we need, the league needs more personality. That's the NHL's problem. Then when guys act with personality, like Avery or Marchant and stuff, it's all you do is cry about it and how mean they are. Well, (laughs) okay. What do you want then? They don't say anything and they're mutes. That's why the league sucks. When they talk to about, oh, then it's they like have no class. So yeah, I guess you have to act, you have to act goofy and play duck, duck, goose and wear purple hats. Then it's, and, and velour suits. And then it's, then it's, yeah, personality. Oh, fuck. You know, I can remember when Lindros and Steve McLaren got into it in Philadelphia camp. And Lindros goes, well, congratulations, kid. You had your 15 minutes or whatever. Like, no, did anybody cry about that shit? No, you know. But I just laugh. These same people that want personality in the game. Then when it happens, they cry about it because, oh, he wasn't nice. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, but I couldn't, like, I could understand, like, whatever, L.A. King Boy 42 thinks Stone, calling Stone a baby or whatever. Like, I get it because people are morons. But when it's, like, ex-players, especially, like, ex-tough guys saying it, it's like, fuck, really, boys? Like, you don't, you don't know... You don't know why that happened? Like, you don't... What? Like, I don't know. It was, it was just... It was, I'm like, what is this? Fucking bizarro world? Like, you don't know why Las Vegas responded the way they did when their captain got run over by a nobody in a preseason game. Ugh. Just... This is why they're going to get rid of fighting. Yeah, yeah, that's why they're going to get rid of it, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. You guys... If, they might if you keep going online and crying about nothing... You know, because that's who they listen to, the crybaby bitches online, because that's the voice that they hear. So yeah, it's Leaf Girl 72 crying about somebody's being mean to Mitch and Osto. You know, that's who they hear. God. But like I said, when it's ex-players saying this shit, it's like, are you serious? And I don't, and that, to, to, on the other side of the coin, Hayden, what's his name, Hodgson here. I don't blame him, motherfuckers trying to make the team. I don't blame him. Run everybody over that you can see. I mean, every uh, as somebody brought up when you went on Hockey DB and looked it up, they, you could see like the most viewed profiles in the last twenty four hours. He was like one or two. Well, yeah, because he he caught everyone's attention. Who is this? You know, because they caught his attention. That's exactly what he needs to do. So as as Harrison pointed out, everybody was right in this situation. Harris, or, uh, pardon me, Hayden was right running him over because he needs to. If he doesn't make that hit and sp- sprays snow and just pulls up in the corner, 
You don't think those coaches are going to notice that? Who? What? What is this now? You don't think they'll notice that? So, of course, he's got to go right through him. And I'm not saying he's got to do a jump and flying Randy Savage elbow. He didn't. It was a clean shoulder in shot. But at the end of the day, you can't have someone running over your captain in a goddamn preseason game. What do I, do I have to explain? Why do I need to explain this? Like, uh, seriously? I'd like to think people listening to this show get it. I, I, I think I'm, I'd like to think I'm talking to the uneducated masses out there, but those people don't get it. But I'm, I'd like to think the regular listeners of my show are a little more on the ball. But like, holy shit. I, I couldn't believe this needed to be explained. That was all through my... I'm, Vegas, every once in a while, I'd come back to the room. We'd just kind of get on the laptop for a quick sec. You know, just whatever, check shit out. And I'd kind of scroll on my shit. And I'm reading my feed like, people are crying about this? God damn. Like, alright. Anyway, we're at the 37-minute mark. I'm enough of the preseason shenanigan. I, I noticed there's a whole bunch of preseason game with, like, no fights. It's like, how, how does any... Uh, if you're on the fourth line, how do you, how are you, get, unless you're sniping, how, how is anybody getting noticed anymore? Like I, whatever, I don't know. I, again, not that I'm surprised, but I can remember back in the day, the preseason, this is the best time of year. Cause this is when like all the guys would be up and you'd see all these fights. I can remember the Islanders and Rangers, there was like 11 fights one game. Oh, Dean Ewan's fighting everybody. And yeah, those are the best games. I can remember just waiting with bated breath to get the, to get Kramer's preseason tape, the compilation where everybody would feel, because there'd be games like all over the country, right? They play all these neutral site things and all this and rookie camp games and people would be in there with their camcorders filming. I go to my YouTube channel, Scott Parker with the New Jersey Devils. Did you know he was drafted by the Devils first? Yeah, he was in camp. I got a bunch of his fights up there. Yep. Uh, check it out. Fight Jason Hamilton and Aaron Downey and um, yeah, check it out before he, cause he went back and he never signed with New Jersey, went back to the draft and got drafted by Colorado. The rest is history. But yes, New Jersey camp fights are on my YouTube channel. Check it out. But, uh, but yeah, there was always that shit. People filming, I, Bissonette and Dan Carcillo and Pittsburgh Penguins camp. I think that's one of my top viewed videos of all time. Um, but yeah, you used to wait and everybody, all the guys would get together that had footage, send it all to, a, to Kramer, uh, Dave out there. And he'd, he'd put it all together. And of course, he was at Traverse City at the, at the, in Michigan filming that rookie tournament. Great Bougard stuff. Brian McGratton with the Detroit Red Wings. Zach Fitzgerald with the Blues. Uh, little Nate Kaiser, DJ King. He's great, lots of great fights from the old Traverse City tournament back in the day. Early, late 90s, early 2000s. And, uh, he'd put that on there. And then all the, the clips from around, around the country. And you'd see, Oh, yeah, man. Sean Legault and Oilers camp and all that shit. So I love the preseason back in the day. Mel Engelstad fighting Probert and Reed Simpson in one game. And the, oh, yeah, tremendous. Um, so yeah, anyway, but now it's, uh, nobody's fighting anybody. And, you know, now when they do, why? It was a clean head. No, yeah, uh, whatever. Ah, different times, different times. But anyway, let's get on to this Bob Probert video, all right? Top, so this is a link sent to me. Top 10 Bob Probert fights of all time from the Detroit Nation. 
Detroit, Na- Detroit Sports Nation, pardon me. When the discussion comes up about the best hockey fighters of all time, former Red Wing Bob Probert is right at the top of the list. It seemed like every time Probert took the ice, he was looking to use his fist to his advantage, and this and this happened often. Throughout his career, Probert had a plethora of fights. That's a good word. I like plethora. Uh, as one fan put together what he believes are the best Probert fights in his 16-year career. Hey, I'm going to give you a little trivia question here, folks. Who was Bob Probert's last fight in, of his career against? Brad Norton of the LA Kings. There you go. Fun fact for you. Uh, hockey fans, we give you the Bob Probert fights of all time. All right, click on this link. Here we go. Oh, it's a YouTube video. Well, all right. Hopefully he has a... Dis- okay. He has the description here, so we don't have to look this up. Um, all right. Well, uh, top 10 NHL fights of Bob Probert. Uh, his, well, oh, well, he doesn't have a... Like a one through ten, it just kind of, it goes, it just dates them. So we're gonna start at the beginning. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, you have to start at the start. November eleventh, nineteen eighty five, in Vancouver against Craig Cox. Um, this is actually the less famous of their two fight. Oh, he's got both of the Cox fights on here. All right. Uh, well, this was sort of the less fame, the less famous of the two, but I say a, a better fight than the second one. Yeah, Cox and Probert. This is a hell of an NHL debut for Probert against Craig Cox, who's a tough guy in Vancouver. Um, yeah, and they battled out toe-to-toe, uh, round, so yeah, if you want to go to YouTube, actually, folks, as you're listening to this, I will put the link to this video that this guy put here, uh, Beak Incorporated, uh, apparently, this video, uh, 2016, he made, he made this, um, I will put the link to this video where he's got, it's nine minutes and it's got all the, it's got the ten fights on here. So, uh, it's just in the description that I'm reading, but I've seen all these fights a thousand times. So, um, but, uh, yes, Bob Probert, Craig Cox, uh, from Vancouver. Uh, the second fight he's got on here is January 21st, 1987 against Todd Ewan of the St. Louis Blues. And this fight, this night, of course, is famous for Todd Ewan one-punching Bob Probert in their first fight. Um, which I'm sure if social media had been around in the day, uh, that would have been, uh, trending news, I could tell you that. Um, so that was a big KO by Todd Ewan, and Probert was down and feeling it. Uh, it wasn't like, oh, he went down and popped back up. No, he was down. Um, he eventually obviously got up, got off the ice, and later in the game, went right back at Todd Ewan and did great. And, uh, I'm sure, you know, obviously at different times, I'm sure I don't want to, I don't want to say he was, but I would probably think he had a concussion. And uh, if that had happened today, obviously, I think he'd be in protocol. Probably would not be coming back in that game. But uh, he did, came back, and uh, did really well against Todd Ewan. But Todd Ewan uh, with the Blues, again, he was a b- big young guy. Well, both of them. Like I mean, it wasn't like Probert was some veteran. He was two years in, a year and a half in at this point. Um, so, But, yeah, just two young guys uh, trying to make names. And, uh, yeah, great tilt. Uh, then, then again, November 1987, it's the rematch with Craig Cox and Joe Lewis. Of course, this is the famous fight that's on, that everyone's seen 10 million times because, of course, Don Cherry showed it on Coach's Corner. Plus, he put it on one of it, on the, is it the first Rock'em, on one of his Rock'em Sock'em videos. It's gotta be one of, well, if it's 87, it's gotta be one of his very first Rock'em Sock'em videos. Um, so that made it famous was the, was the second boat. And, um, I, I, Probert, I would definitely give Probert the decision in this fight with Cox. Uh, but again, Cox stood in there. Um, I love Craig Cox. I mean, some people, oh, he's a catcher, you know, whatever. Eh, you know, whatever. 
you wanted a guy, if you want to get an action fighter that didn't hold on, fought everybody, Craig Cox is your guy, man. If you're a fight fan, you have to like Craig Cox. That's bottom line. Um, Next one he has on here from December 14th, 87 was Tenorti. Um, and Tenorti, again, young, big, big young kid coming up with the prospect with the Rangers. And this is the one, yeah. Tenorti's doing all right, but then Probert just starts like taking over and like swinging him into his fist. And of course, uh, Harry Neal does the famous, uh, you know, uh, basically it, uh, schools in and Tenorti's getting an education. And, uh, yeah, he, he took some lumps in this one. Big win for Probert. Um, but yeah, Tenorti really showed jam though, and like didn't bail in the fight, stood in there, took it. Um, and of course went on to have a, uh, Mark Tenorti went on to have a hell of a career, big, big, tough D man. And, um, you know, probably won more fights than he lost for sure. But, uh, you know, young guy learning the way, uh, next fight was, uh, February 15th, 88 against Ken Baumgartner when Bomber was in LA. Yeah. We're in the, you know, the yellow unis and shit, yellow purple. Um, this is actually a really good fight. Um, Baumgartner and, and Probert had fought in the Memorial Cup uh, in junior when Probert was with the Sioux and, and Bomber was in uh, with the uh, Prince Albert Raiders the year in 85 when uh, Prince Albert won the Memorial Cup. Um, he fought Probert a couple times. Uh, of course, they had the famous penalty box fight where they fell into the box and, and all that stuff. Look, it's all everything's on YouTube. You can look it up. Um, so, uh, but Baumgartner does really well in this fight. This is a good fight. They go for a long time. Um, it's by no means a big win by Probert or anything like that, but just a real solid bout. Um, next one, uh, uh, New Year's or Jan or New Year's Eve, I guess, uh, December 31st, Stu Grimson. Um, this is, this is round one. How many times they fight? 13, I think. Um, this is round one actually. And if you type in Stu Grimson, Bob Probert, all 13 of their fights or whatever will come up, but um, there's also the uh, extras from Ice Guardians, and it's Stu watching the fight and commentating on it. Uh, it's a little clip on the side, so I definitely check that out. And yeah, this is their first fight, and Stu just comments that it was real tough because he goes out. He was really surprised how because again, this is the first time they had fought um, that how, how fast Probert got out of his gear and just had nothing to hold on to. So he's like, I kind of hold giving him rabbit shots because what are you gonna do? Uh, but you know, he held on. He uh, you know, Bob definitely picked up the win, but, uh, you know, Grimson again stood in there. Um, the next fight, of course, this is the famous one, uh, you know, with Dave Brown, uh, when Brownie's with Edmonton, uh, cause this was the fight. This was the kingpins of the league, the Probert Brown. I, I, a lot of people, when they debate their top 10 of all time, it's Probert 1A or Brown, you know, one, you know, whatever. There's that debate. Some people have Brown as number one. Um, and I get it. I'm, I'm not saying that they're wrong. Uh, again, it's opinion. You're not there's nothing to be right, right or wrong about. It's an opinion, but I get why Brown is in the discussion as being the best of all time. I get it. Um, so, but but um, they had two fights in their career. The first one when Brown was in Philly, that fight sucked. It was just wrestling, and nobody did anything. Um, but this one, Brown tried to kind of get the jump on him a little bit, but Probert came back, yanked him off his skates, and they go toe to toe, but. He catches Brown, and Brown kind of goes down to a knee, and uh, Probert definitely picks up the win, and uh, this is a big win, and and this is the and again when the top ten debate or the top or the best of all time debate happens, and the and the Brown the Brown uh, Probert debate uh, is going on, it's always well Bob's one and zero against them. Well, yeah, you, you know you got a point, you, you know. Um, you know, again, if if it's a, a best of five or a best of t- seven, 
Am I is is you know Probert going seven and zero? Well, no, I no, I no, I think Probert, I think Brown could definitely beat him a few times for sure. Uh, again, Probert's not contrary to Probert fanboys um, would say. I mean, Probert was definitely beatable, and he definitely lost without a doubt. And you know, and I, hey, I, hey, Probert's one of my favorite guys. I'm not. This isn't some me and some indictment of Bob Probert, but it's like you talk to some people, Bobby never lost. Or if they did, he had some excuse and you know, no, it's, do I think Dave Brown could beat Bob Probert? And if I, yeah, I do, you know, for sure. But obviously Probert can beat Brown cause he did. So, um, but yeah. Uh, the next fight, uh, December 2nd, tied Omi with the Rangers. I, uh, without watching the video, if this is the top 10 fights of Bob Probert, I would assume this is the second fight, the rematch, where Eisman's doing the belt on the thing. Um, I always say, even in the first fight, I mean, I visually, I get where the Domi thing comes from because Probert's bleeding and he's the, Domi's this small underdog. Nobody, you know, up-and-comer cuts open the champ and does the belt and all that and makes the big show of it. I get why people would say, oh, I think Domi won or whatever. Um even when you watch the fight, I think if you break it down, I actually don't think Ty won the first one either. But it was a moral victory, I guess we could put it that way. Visually, it looked good for him. Um, the second fight, uh, definitely Probert was the aggressor, for sure. And he gave it to Domi pretty good. And uh, don't, again, Domi's credit with you know with the hard head and everything else. He took it all, smiled the whole time. Um, he certainly got out punched if it was going, if we're going to the judges scorecard, I think it's Probert unanimously, but, uh, but this really put Ty Domi on the map and it showed that he had NHL toughness and, uh, it was a time, man. Everybody's still, well, here we are, you know, you know, 20 some years, almost 30 years later and we're still talking about it. So, um, yeah, it, it was definitely... Uh, you know, and like I said, it was just watching Eisman do the belt thing and, um, man, what a time, what a time. Yeah, it, it was, uh, cause yeah, again, we were in high school and that made the news, right? That was all going around on all the news state. Cause again, this is before, so all this shit was before social media and, and all this. So you had to rely on the hockey news and like local global news. And, you know, f- fortunately they covered it well. And the good thing with being in Saskatoon. Um, I completely forgot about this, but, uh, our cable company, we had, we got Detroit cable. So I got to see like the, the whole, uh, beginnings of this and like the lead up and they, it was like a heavyweight title fight. I know pro, I know Cherry was talking about on Hockey Night in Canada. Of course it was, it was New York versus Detroit. So they weren't going to put it on Hockey Night in Canada because he had to have a Canadian team. Right. But Cherry went to the game, like he, you know, whatever. Or was that the Crowder game he went to? It was the Crowder game he went to, pardon me. But he was hyping the shit out of this. And I can remember even the hockey news, of all things, the front cover of the hockey news had, like, Battle of the Big Apple. And it had, like, the height and weight, like it was a boxing matchup on the front cover. So everybody was waiting for this rematch and all this shit. It was hyped, so the news was there. And, and I mean, I was watching it, because I actually, at the time, I do now, but at the time, I didn't like Domi at all. I was like, who is this little goof? And, of course, I was always a Probert guy, so it was like, oh, Bobby, you got to kill this guy. And uh, so I was pumped with the, with the result of this fight. But, uh, you know, I've, I've learned, I've since become a Domi fan. But, um, yeah, what a fight. Uh, the next one, uh, March 4th, 94, Marty McSorley in Pittsburgh, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of the longest NHL fights ever. They go the length of the ice back and forth to 
two of the best at, well, obviously Probert's the best, but I, I think Marty's got to be in the discussion too. Maybe not best of all time, but I always say Marty's in my top 10. Uh, did it forever. Him and Probert fought numerous times. This is a great fight. Um, yeah, I remember, I, again, on Coach's Corner, I remember Cherry showed the whole thing, which was rare. They show clips usually, but he showed the whole thing and, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Great fight, both guys. And then finally, uh, March twenty second, nineteen ninety six, Reed Simpson. Yeah, this is an un- this fight doesn't get talked about very often, but uh, yeah, they went toe to toe, and right at the end, Probert really he catches Simpson with a couple uppercuts, and they're going toe to toe, and he catches Simpson, and Simpson goes down again. He, he it's not like always oh, locked out, and the trainer's got to come up and help. It wasn't the Grimson on Simpson knockout, but uh, you know, just kind of a flash. I'd say TKO ish. Uh, I mean, Simpson gets up on his own and everything, but yeah, I think Probert definitely caught him. Um, but it's a real great toe-to-toe fight and um, kind of an unusual fight for Probert. He doesn't usually fight like that. Uh, usually, you know, it's it's kind of more technical and, and, and you know, leaning away and then come back. But this was like they hung in there and just toe-to-toe video fight. And uh, yeah, that fight actually doesn't get talked about a lot, but that, that was a great tilt. I have some really good pictures from that fight. Um, yeah, so there you go. The top 10. Yeah, I agree, man. These are all great fights. I mean, I mean, you could go on and on. I mean, you could talk about, I mean, I guess it's there. Okay. Are you talking about like just good fights in general or like memorable talk? I mean, if you're going to talk about like some of the most talked about pro fights, obviously you got to talk about the Crowder stuff, the trilogy there. Um, you know, were any of those fights like great fights in terms of not really, uh, they were fine, but I mean, I mean, Probert had a lot better. These fights were all better than those. Um, a really good underrated fight that people don't talk about is Kevin Maguire. Not the one where Probert hits him when he's down because he went after Eisenman. But no, when Maguire's in Toronto. That's a really good fight. Um, another good fight that I watched a while ago that never gets talked about is Michelle Petit had a really great fight with Probert. He actually hangs in there really good with him um, and gives it as good as he's getting. That's a really good fight. Um Oh, I'm just trying to think of, like you said, Probert, there were so many. It's just like, they all run together. I mean, he had the one with Odgers and the, you know, the Kimball ones that he kind of, you know, took around out of Kimball pretty good. Um, great fight with Grant Marshall. That was a really good fight. Uh, great fight with Brian Marchment. Look up that one. That's a really good fight too. Um, of course, the, the you know, he dropped Parker. Um, yeah, I mean, you could, I, Probert was in a million great fights. Um, so... You know, this is obviously, I, I can't argue with this list though. These were all great fights. Um, you know, and they're all, they're all memorable in their own way. Um, yeah. No, that was a cool list. And like I said, I'll put the link in the description of the podcast here. So if you want to just check it out, it's a nine minute video. Um, that was at 934. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the diehard Prover fans, I mean, everybody's seen these fights a million times, but, uh, you know, for uh, some folks out there, have maybe haven't seen a couple of these ones. Um, yeah, the Baumgartner, the Baumgartner fight in LA is really good. Um, and check out the Memorial Cup Baumgartner Pro Word fights. You all the laugh in the in the penalty box one. Bomber standing up on the bench afterwards. Um, the fights aren't that good, but they just it just looks funny. Um, and plus, they got the Cooper alls on. Oh, it's a different time, you know. But uh, there you have it, folks. The uh, Bob Probert's. Top 10 fights, uh, one fan's opinion anyway. And, uh, like I said, it's, you know, everyone has, 
different favorite pro the Cochran fight, the Bob McGill one. I mean, Gary Nyland, the big uppercut. I mean, you know, I mean, you could go on and on forever with the Probert fights, but uh, there you have it, folks. Um, well, there you go. That, that's my, my return. Oh, the, uh, the return that at least a dozen people were amped up for. Um, no, I just wanted to get back on here, get back in the groove. Um, I've talked to a few ex-players about doing some stuff. Speaking of Bob Probert, I know I've talked about it a million times and I'm way behind, but yes, the Bob Probert Invitational Tournament will be happening shortly. I need to come up with the bracket and, uh, get the, get John on for the episode breakdown. I think I might talk, get Taylor on. Maybe we'll talk about the results episode. I got to do all this stuff, but, uh, work is about to slow down here. I mean, we're going to probably, you know, once October, well, once I guess October is here, once uh, we get through this and uh, kind of after that Thanksgiving coming up here and uh, once that happens, work will slow down, I'd like to think. Maybe not, but, uh, well, we'll see with the whole job thing. Um, you know, I could maybe devote a little more time to the show and getting up guests and everything else. And uh, not that I think, I think the episodes are still all right. I think they're informative. I have some fun talks. The lists were fun and stuff. But I'd like to get, maybe get some few more guests on. Uh, maybe not just players, but just, I like having other people to banter with. So and I think people enjoy listening to the banter instead of just me, uh, you know, uh, rolling, uh, monotoning on and, uh, you know, as I blah, 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 on and on. But uh, as I'm doing right now. Droning on, but uh, we'll come to an end here. Back at it here, folks. So, hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. Oh, fourth line voice, THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, on Instagram. There you go. I finally joined Instagram. I'm try- still trying to figure out how to use it. But uh, I- as soon as I get some more time, I will become a little more Instagram. Uh, I'll learn my Instagram ease. I'll, 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 once I learn that platform, I'll, uh, I'll be a little more active, but yes, I do have an Instagram account now. Oh boy, more social media, but, uh, follow me on Facebook and Twitter and now on Instagram at fourth line voice THPN. So there we go, folks. Thank you very much for tuning in. As I always say, I know there's a million podcasts to listen to the fact that you decided to sit down and listen to this one. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. And I want to thank you. And, uh, Thanks you, fo- thanks to everybody that sent me the the texts and the PDMs asking how Vegas was and enjoy the trip and all that. I greatly appreciate it, boys. Thank you, and uh, it's good to be back talking to you guys. And uh, you know what? We'll do this again on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?